This is episode 105 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. And we are back. Episode Shimano 105 uh, group set of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast, speedmetalcycling.com. I am your host, Dan the Skull Crusher, and joining me as usual are Mike Spriggs of Gage and DeSoto and the New York City Rafa Club and Klaus from Alps and Andes. This time around, I am going to say hi to Klaus first, uh, since he's closer to me geographically. Klaus, how are you doing? I'm 105-ing. And Mike, how are you doing? Can't be chorus. You can't be chorus. Oh, oh, oh. Are See, we really going to have that fight? That's up for debate, I am sorry to tell you. I know that cycling purists will think that Campagnolo is better, but honestly... I have not – I've used both uh, and I couldn't tell a single difference between one and the other other than the fact that one of them is Italian and then the oh, other one's Japanese. There's – of course there's a difference. I don't know. I, don't know. I only used the Coras like on a rented bike when I was in Las Vegas. That's <laughs> oh, good. Anyway. It's uh, all good. So it's, it's a very important it's, – it's a landmark – episode, the episode 105, of course, um, it's very important, we're celebrating it, and it's brought to you by Shimano 105, actually it is not at all, <laughs> but it's interesting that that's probably the only episode we're going to be able to do this with, because I don't think we're ever going to have an episode Altegra or anything like that, so. Well, you could have an episode 600, like Shimano 600, and then when you get into the multiple thousand. Oh, yeah, if I get like <laughs> episode 5700. 5700, 5800, 6800 Altegra. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do that. Um, welcome to episode Apex of the Speed Metal Cycling uh, Podcast. Yeah. Um, hey, speaking of 105, though, and I've been looking for this. Klaus is aware of this, and I have not been able to find anything that works. So I'm finishing one of my bikes, and I'm looking for a group set, a compact group set with a 170-millimeter crank, right? Uh, preferably with... Uh, Cassette, like a 1228 or even a 1230 something because I'm a pussy uh, of the 105 like rival like uh, quality in silver cheap used is fine something older 10 speed definitely so that would be 105 5700 series yeah I mean that would be good but I will I, I I haven't been able to find one with a compact crank new and or used actually for that matter. And the only one that I saw, the shifters were just beat to hell and stuff. Anyway, I thought I'll put it out there. We have thousands of listeners, so you never know, right? Oh, speaking of thousands of listeners, if you or any of your friends think that you may want to sponsor the podcast and get your name out there to multiple thousands of listeners uh get a hold of us speedmetalcycling at gmail.com mike tell the truth are your campy sensibilities are your spy campy senses tingling with all this shimano talk yes should we talk about suntour instead <laughs> should we talk about microshift yes uh, <laughs> okay so um the first thing i want to say is that eurosport is now uh, sponsoring the cycling podcast, you know, and it, I'm very upset that Richard Moore stole my idea of having a podcast when I interviewed him in New York last year. I don't think it's very cool and very nice of him that he, he had already been doing it for a long time. No, no, no. When I interviewed him, he thought like, oh, this is a good idea. I'm going to call Jaguar and Eurosport. And so anyway, Eurosport is now involved with the cycling podcast. So that's good. I'm very happy for Mr. Moore and those guys. That's good. I've never listened to their podcast, but I hear it's wonderful. But that's because I don't listen to podcasts at all. I, I don't. My brother's like the guys in bands that are like, I don't, I'm not influenced by other people. Like, I just don't listen 
to other music. No, 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 no. I'm even better than that. I'm like the guy in a band that is like, well, I don't listen to anything in my genre. I listen to like a lot of diverse things. I mostly listen to like acid jazz and fusion rumba. No, I you only, I, listen, you only listen to cooking podcasts. I can see it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I listened to like a beer podcast for a while, but that grew kind of old. Honestly, the only thing I listen to constantly other than music is the Howard Stern Show. And I can't really think or say that the Howard Stern Show has influenced me. You could listen bit. to This American Life or Serial or the best ever, NPR's The Splendid Table. No, that's the worst podcast ever. Every time NPR has any of those food things, just makes me want to puke. The Splendid Table had an no. amazing episode about tapenades. I can tell you this, though. There, if there is such a thing as an influence for me as a podcaster or whatever you want to call it. I don't want to say broadcaster, but it would be somewhere between the Howard Stern Show and um, – what was the name of that show on NPR? The one on NPR about cars. The Splendid Table. Not the Splendid Table. Uh, click and Clack, the Tapper Brothers. Oh yeah, one yeah, of them died. Time. He yes. clicked or he clacked. Klaus, how can you listen to cooking podcasts if you eat three week old avocados? <laughs> I, that's why he eats three. That they, that that's was, all they talk about. How to age you know your what, avocados is that properly. What a tapenade is fermented avocados. <laughs> no, Mike, you live in New York City. You should know about these fancy things. Whenever I think about fancy things, I go, you know who I could ask? Mike. Yeah, right. Yeah, very fancy. Yeah. Well, I heard that Mike has a, a table reserved at Nobu every Thursday night. Is that true, Mike? Yeah, in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> Nobu's, Nobu's is not, not hot is anymore? saying that Nobu is the fancy restaurant, like a super old thing? Is that like, yes. like you go to the Russian tea room? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. With uh, I went to not Nobu. What was the... Nobu outside. What the hell was the other one called? The I don't know. There was like Nobu and Nobu Express or so. I can't remember what the hell it was called. And I went there once for restaurant week and I was not impressed at all. But that's mostly because I don't need seafood. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, I stayed at the Nobu Tower of the Caesars Palace one time in Vegas. Las Vegas. Hmm. What, Nobu sense. has a hotel, Mike, in 1998. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so in 1998, Nobu. So what's the what's the hot restaurant nowadays in Manhattan? Since I haven't lived there for two years. What's Le Cirque? Uh, <laughs> no, it's, I'm sure it's something in Williamsburg or something in Brooklyn. No, Some I mean, but that's cool. Thing. I mean, like, the ridiculous one that, like... Howard Stern, my Oh, like to. a new Daniel Balud restaurant or something like that. Uh, I would have to look it up. What was the name of that one? There was the Cuban fusion one on... Oh, uh, that... Um, no, no. Uh, what's Bobby Flay up to? He's oh, a, he just opened a new restaurant near me that's supposed to be pretty good. Oh, I was just joking. I'm, I, no, <laughs> no, seriously. Okay, dude. Oh, I know Guy Fieri's place in Times Square. In Times Square, yes. I'm sure that's it's happening. That place they, is bumping. They have a thing called donkey sauce there. <laughs> For real, the New York Times review of that restaurant is, I think, suitable for framing. It's hey, seriously, it's oh, good. It's Guy so Fieri makes my blood boil, and that review was, like, artful. Uh, you dressed up like him for Halloween two years ago, and it was amazing. And I've dressed, I've dressed like him ever since on my daily life. That's a pretty good costume. <laughs> Once it was the best dude, Mike. Roomy, fiery Klaus, There's Klaus, no going back. Klaus, do me a favor. Send Mike a photo of, of you dressed up like that dude and then your wife dressed up like what's her face? Oh, yeah, Paula Dean. Like Paula Dean. <laughs> I'm not kidding, Mike. It was, I mean, they won best costume at the party. It was amazing. I believe it. It was amazing. I didn't have any donkey sauce, but yeah. But speaking of famous people, uh, who's the most person you guys know? This guy, I'm the most famous person you know. Uh, I was in uh, Huffington yeah. Post today. Yeah. They, they featured my book. Amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. The, um, they reached out to me uh, like two weeks ago. And they were like, oh, we're thinking about doing this. What do you think? Whatever. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Let me talk to my agent. Whatever. And Anyway, he came out this morning and... The 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 Facebook page has gotten like 150 more likes in like four hours. It's 
insane. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I know that 150 likes on Facebook is nothing compared to it. But, I mean, for, like, one post in the Huffington Post, like, buried in their, like, art section or whatever, it was... I was impressed. So, between you being in the Huffington Post and Mike living, like, on the same block as Philip Glass, <laughs> I'm way out of my league. I don't know, and dude. not only that, Mike lives close by to a new Bobby Flay restaurant. True. <laughs> but you're on a first-name basis with, like, what? Richard Moore from the Cycling Podcast. Yeah, right. You introduced him, and you interviewed him, basically. Oh, you interviewed uh, – Gre- you and Greg LeMond shared a stage. I, I – Greg uh, – Greg LeMond introduces himself in a room that's full of cycling people by going, hi, I'm Greg LeMond. And then we go, oh, were you, were you guys talking about Paris-Roubaix? I did that race. We go, yeah, we know who Greg LeMond is, dude. But I think I mentioned this before. I think it was very honest. I don't think he's being trying – I don't think he's trying to be like uh, – No, he's being like a – that's just how – Yeah, no. Plus, I mean, would you, he's a little aloof. Would you rather have him do that rather than, oh, you guys are talking about Paris-Roubaix? Yeah, well, when I did it uh, – you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I thought it was kind of charming. No, 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 totally. I, I, I loved him. And, and we talked about it when, when that whole thing happened. I loved his presence, his, like, his, just his demeanor. The whole thing was just incredibly charming. He's just a really, really nice dude. He's just a little kooky, but he's super nice. Oh, so speaking of charming and nice, I mentioned this to you guys. I got a... Uh, the Chris Horner's like air gas Safeway air gas um, hero card, like autograph his card, signature yeah. autograph card, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's printed on like a laser printer on paper that's about as thin as the paper that's on my printer here at home <laughs> that I write. Like uh, I, if I'm these are doing, counterfeits. These were counter. You, you, you I'm sure. Yeah. Some that's what it sounds like. Dude. It sounds like ch- Chinese knockoffs. Because the real ones are so valuable, you'll only get, you'll only ever see the fakes. Oh, really? Yeah. Man, did I just like buy a print of Starry Night in front of MoMA for thirty bucks? <laughs> Klaus, here's the thing. First of all, it's the MoMA, not MoMA. The MoMA. Uh, Go se- back and edit that in post. Yeah, the MoMA. So, second of all, what you're telling me is, if I'm a, a fan of Chris Horner and or his new team, and I get an autograph on his autograph card. The Sharpie is going to bleed all over the paper? Is it like it's not even coated paper? It'll probably go through the other side. Oh, that's terrible. Because if he's signing a stack of them, the second one's going to have lead marks. I'm saying only just go for the first one. Yeah. It'll be the only good one. And I was thinking if Chris Horner and his team keep not getting invited to races – while people whose past and present he knows very well keep getting invited, is he going to go all Floyd on us? I think it would be awesome. The more Floyd we have, the better. It makes that life so much more fun. interesting. Oh, my God. It would make this podcast – it would write itself. Because at this point, the biggest race that I think they've been invited to potentially is the Vuelta Colombia. Which would be awesome if they go there. He would fit right in. Yeah. So. Oh, shit. I- is there – there's no Taco Bell in Colombia. No, no. There is McDonald's, though, so he'll be fine. Okay, yeah. now listen. I want to address this because it's very important, and it's a landmark episode because it's Shimano 105 episode. Um, I, I go through her emails, and I've been noticing, like, there's there's been a couple of emails over the last couple of months during the offseason and stuff. A lot of people... I, I'm trying to gather all my all the feeling together, but it seems to be it, it, the overall feeling from some of them, the minority, I will say, but there's still a bunch. Like, we don't really know what we're talking about. And, I mean, this has come up before. Like, you guys have never raced. How can you, like, you know, that kind of thing? Is it like we don't know anything about cycling or we don't know anything about racing? Yeah, like, like, how can you guys uh, comment on strategy and racing if you've never oh, raced? Oh, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that, too. Well, yeah, no, oh, but uh, but here's the thing. I mean, and I've said this before. Remember uh, Siskel and Ebert? They, they they never made movies. but right. No, what's his main name? Made a movie. Yeah, exactly. He wrote a screenplay. Yeah, wrote a Yeah, screenplay. what was it? Be, uh, the, 
beyond the valley of the Dalt or whatever. Yeah, was a What's the name of the guy in the New York Times that reviews the restaurants? Whatever his name is. He's not a chef. He's a writer. No, right? and he looked... hated Guy Fieri's restaurant. He knew enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, f- number one. That's the part of me that actually cares what people say. The part of me that doesn't care about what people say. I, all I have to say is this podcast has grown into Klaus, Mike, and I chatting about cycling. All right? If you disagree, you're welcome to, but we don't really give a shit one way or another. Am I speaking out of term here, guys? Do you agree with me? It doesn't really matter. It's like I know one of the best compliments that I ever got for the podcast, and this is actually in the iTunes reviews. It says something like, it's like sitting with these guys having a beer and talking about cycling. And that's really basically what we do. We just sit here and we just talk about whatever comes to our minds. And it's funny and it's irreverent, but it's never very serious. And it's very often wrong. And we just don't care. I put, I mean, listen, when I first, the very first podcast had, I think, like under 100 downloads. I don't even remember. Now we're in the multiples, multiples of thousands. And nothing has really changed the way that I do it. I just come in here and I just talk. And if people love it, good. And if they don't, I don't. I honestly don't give a shit. It doesn't really matter to me. I would say that this is the kind of in-depth, knowledgeable insight into cycling that you get for free. Well, I mean, no. I mean, here's the thing. This is the only in-depth analysis that I want out of cycling anyway because if I really want in-depth analysis about what's going on or a race or whatever, I'll go to a website and read that stuff. I don't – you know what I'm saying? I don't – Yeah. I think the idea of a podcast, for me personally, the way that I like my podcasts and even though I just said that I don't listen to a lot of them at all – is which one is more entertaining. When I was listening to beer podcasts, there's a beer podcast of a guy who's like a super big beer nerd. He takes shit way too seriously. It wasn't entertaining. So I stopped listening to that one and I continue to listen to other podcasts that is just a bunch of like goofballs talking about the beer world and making fun of themselves because they're beer nerds. And I, and I think that that's way more entertaining. So what I'm out here is not even necessarily... I'm, I'm here not necessarily to even inter- entertain the listeners and the people that download, I'm here to entertain myself. You know what and I mean? that's what I like about the Splendid Table. <laughs> that's how they go about it. For those They're just like, are, we're just going to talk about Tapanov. Let's, 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 let's encourage all our listeners to download an episode of the Splendid Table and then see how long it takes them before they just hate you, Klaus. Or, it's yeah, the and worst. they just hate themselves. It's the worst podcast. The and worst. They jam a pencil into their ear. Um, Mike, anything to say about what I just my my rant? I mean, I'm speaking for myself. I don't want to speak for either of you guys, especially you, Mike, because you're you know you're actually a lot more I don't know normal. Mike works in the world of cycling. You are a lot more normal. Like, well, no, you're definitely not normal, but you're more. I don't know. You seem a no, lot I agree. More I totally agree. But I mean, I don't. I mean, I I of of you two of the all three of us, I know the least. I don't. I'm, I always get shit wrong. <laughs> We talked about this. I sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I usually don't. So I don't. You I don't do. Care. You answer quickly. We said this before. Like you can this. ask Mike anything, and he'll go. No. 142, and you're like, okay, that. Must I, be it. I like, for example, we could have a soccer podcast, the three of us, and it would be just just as entertaining as this one is, because I know about soccer from like I stopped paying attention to soccer like maybe five or six years ago. Klaus knows soccer from like the 90s, and Mike knows nothing about soccer. It would be the best soccer podcast ever. I'll be like, wait, who's playing in Real Madrid now? And Klaus would be like, uh, what about Zinedine Zidane? And then Mike would be like, who's that? It would be the best. <laughs> but anyway. I say we branch out, guys. Let's do it. Hey, Klaus, you, you mentioned that you had a little game to play. I have a little game to play. Which one do you... Mike, you decide which one we play first. What? There's what are the choices? Klaus's game and my game. Oh, oh. Mine, is a, mine is a trivia quiz for Klaus. What happened? Oh, I hate that game. I don't and want to play Klaus, that game. Because then it'll just prove that I know even less. I, but it's really funny because you mentioned that you didn't – that you often get Tirreno Adriatico and Paris confused. Oh, So yeah. this game is 
uh, where did what happened. Yeah, exactly. I'll say something that happened, and you tell me which race it was on. Well, Mike could definitely play that one, too. Yeah, and here's the thing, though. I decided this year to watch to watch only uh, Paris and download all of Terreno Adriatico. So I watched all of Paris without watching any Terreno, and then I watched all of Terreno, thinking it was going to make more sense, but it didn't. It didn't help. <laughs> I think I kept them more separate this year but i'll have to see and then mike just so you know my game is uh are they retired or not yeah that's a good one which one do you want to play first which one's shorter we don't have a lot of time left we've already wasted half an hour uh wait a second first of all it's 20 minutes second of all it hasn't been wasted all right we've been talking about the terrible table or whatever it's called (laughs) no but you said earlier you said before the thing when you have a hard exit I, i i do need a hard exit i have uh a uh, dinner planned for a friend who's celebrating. Uh, a friend of mine is going to be a professor at Harvard University. Are you serving a tapenade? So no, no, we're dude, going that, to a we're going to a. There was a dude. tapenade worthy event. <laughs> no, no, that, no, no, no. You bust out the tapenade on the on the double. We are going to one of the most amazing burger and hot dog places I've ever been to. They serve both vegetarian. Uh, burgers and hot dogs and it they have gosh i don't even know because they don't really boast but i would say probably 300 different beers there maybe 30 or 40 on tap and it's just unbelievable i love that place so very very much so but that's where we're going. let's ask mike mike you grew up in the boston area you probably know people that went to Harvard or people that became janitors there and, and started solving and, equations that were left on the board. I do know, yeah. One and probably good. people that love Sam Adams. Do you think hot dogs and hamburgers is a way to celebrate that? If they're fancy vegetarian ones, then yeah, sure. Well, my friend that got the job as a professor in Harvard is not a vegetarian, so she will be partaking in the oh. meat eating. I won't be, but it's her favorite restaurant. Mike is Pittsburgh. thinking you need some Bobby Flay action. Yeah, if anybody, if anybody from Pittsburgh is listening, they know exactly what place I'm talking about in Regent Square. The 300 beers thing is interesting. That's a lot of beer. No, it's ins- it's dude, it's insane the amount of beers that they have. It's ridiculous. You and- could almost write a book about that. <laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> oh my god, you can't. No, and here's the thing though too. Their servers are like such beer nerds that I've had a server sit down with me and have like a 10 minute discussion about beer. While my wife is sitting there eating her hot dog and I'm just sitting there like nerding out with some dude about beer. But anyway, okay. Mike, what game do you want to play? What game do you want to play, Mike? Let's let's do the trivia game. Uh, which one is that one? Mine or his? <laughs> Yours. The Paris version? Okay. Okay. So. Always defer to the host. Okay, here we go. Oh, thank you very much. That's nice. Uh, Alex Trebek. Uh... In which of the two, Paris or Tirreno Adriatico, did Carlos Betancourt, my new nickname for him is Winnie the Pooh, in which uh, race did Winnie the Pooh look really fat? Was it Paris or was it Tirreno Adriatico? He wasn't a Paris, so it had to be Tirreno Adriatico. So which race, Paris or Tirreno Adriatico, did... Carlos, Winnie the Pooh, Betancourt look really fat. I say Terreno Adriatico. Mike? Am I, oh, I'm doing this too? Yes. Yeah, Terreno. Ah, Neither. He was at Paris. <laughs> he was? He was at Paris. So he was the defending champion? He was there and he didn't... Oh, no, that's just... right. No, he, he wasn't. The, he, that's right. That's Terreno. Never mind. <laughs> Wait, what? I got confused too. This is the worst. Fix it in post is the worst. He was no, 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 no. I'm not gonna fix anything in post. Uh, Betancourt was fifth to last in the in the prologue in the opening time trial. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty bad. Okay, um, Terreno Adriatico or Paris? Which one did Cavendish did Cavendish's uh, chain break and take out Vivi and took out Viviani in the sprint? Terreno Adriatico, Mike. Yes, Torino. You guys are correct. Torino Adriatico. By the way, I think we said this in the last issue. I have to go back and double check. I swear at the start of the season, they said that they were using FSA chains, but they were buying their Shimano stuff 
while FSA worked on the electronic grupo. And then when the chain snapped, they said, we use Shimano chains. Hmm. And FSA has an 11-speed chain, and I think they were trying to cover for FSA that that chain snapped. And they said that they were going to, like, look into it and investigate by looking at the frame, as though you can really tell how a chain snapped. Hmm. I can't believe Cavendish isn't going crazy over this. I think think he was going crazy, and they stuffed a (laughs) bunch of FSA chains and hats into his mouth. I just, uh, I just wished when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, what the hell is Cavendish doing? This is nuts!" And then I found out he was a broken chain. I was like, "Oh, boring. Who cares?" I thought he I, just like totally just lost his line and just took out Viviani for no reason. He kind of did, and to be honest, if it had happened to him, someone would still have to apologize to him. Oh yeah, I know. Like he would have asked the people from FSA to fly in and apologize. Okay, Terreno Adriatico or Paris Greg Van Avermaet wins stage three. Mm. Terreno. Jesus. I feel like I should have memorized the start list of these words. Paris Mike? Uh, I'm going to say Terreno. And Mike is right. Terreno ah. Adriatico, Greg Van Avermaet wins stage three. In which race did... Tom Bonin crash and both. mess up <laughs> both. <laughs> managed to crash in both of them. Mess up his ligaments pretty badly, taking him out of the classics and maybe actually take him completely done and he may actually retire after this. Paris or Terreno Adriatico? Bonin Paris? crash. Terreno. Klaus is correct. Ah. Paris. Ding, 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 ding. Every time this happens, it pisses me off. And then afterwards, it pisses me off that I'm pissed off. But... What, that Tom Bonin says he's going to retire? No. The next one. Thomas de Gendt gets caught from the break, 200 meters to go, and loses the stage. Paris or Tirreno Adriatico? Oh, I watched that live. That was Paris. Klaus? No, I think it was Tirreno Adriatico. Paris, Mike wins the game. Even when I try to keep them separate. Thank you Please much, everybody, work. for playing the Paris versus Terreno Adriatico quiz. Yeah, I mean, I I watched them separately, completely separately, and I found myself after watching one rooting for a guy who was in the other one. I was like, wait a second, what the hell's going on? Ah. Anyway, Klaus, now we can play your game. Okay, I'll make it quick. So, I'm going to say a name. Some of these are real easy, and maybe people playing at home will once again find out that we don't know what we're talking about and be like, how do you get that wrong? I'll say a name, and you tell me, are they still racing or retired, and you could get extra points, even though I'm not going to keep points if you tell me who they race for. Okay. Okay. First one, Vladimir Carpets. Carpets. Oh shit! I haven't heard of that name in a couple of years. Oh, this is good. This is, starts good. Last I, I heard, Vladimir Carpets was racing for Katusha. I'm gonna say he's retired. Mike, I'm gonna say he's retired. And the reason why I say that is because I vaguely remember like a raft of "Is his mullet gonna retire?" jokes. I I think he's he retired. Reti- because I think I remember hearing or reading something about him being a director sportive somewhere. Oh. He retired. His last season was 2013 with Movistar. What? He raced with Movistar? Oh, I would have got that wrong. Whoa. See? And I still remember how Bike Snob said that his name just reminded me of a carpet outlet store in Brooklyn, like Vladimir's Carpets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, that Bike Snob sure is funny. I wish he had a pod- podcast. I would listen to that. <laughs> Next up, Stein de Volder. Oh, shit. He's not right. Stein de Volder is a really interesting character. I mean, it's a very interesting story. If you think about it, Stein de Volder was amazing for just like a snapshot. That's Stein de Volder, like Damiano Cunego thing, where they're just like amazing. And you think, God, these guys are going to be huge stars. And they just sort of aren't. But they're still like just 
head and shoulders above most other cyclists. Like, Sander Wolder was, like, Belgian champion, like, nine times or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. But the question is, is he racing? He is racing. I think he is racing. I watched him not finish the, uh, the race this morning. Oh, oh, all right. Yeah, he races for Trek. Yeah. Next up, Nick Nuyens. Nick Nuyens has Ooh. retired. I'm just saying, I don't know why. Mike? No. He's racing? I say he's racing. He retired to Harmon, and he's running a supermarket. That qualifies. He's not retired. <laughs> he's, not out of <laughs> he's running something. Wait, yeah, he's that's true. He's a okay. supermarket manager. Seriously, he runs a supermarket. You just make that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He owns a franchise of a supermarket. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It, it two... sounds way funnier when you just say he runs a supermarket. I'm thinking a dude with like pleated, like brown pants that are too short for him, white socks. Brown loafers, short short yes, sleeve yes. white shirt, and like a tie, like yeah. a fucking manager yeah. at a, at a at a Kroger or something. That's not far off. Um, oh Jesus, we're all, we're like half an hour and we haven't even talked about races. So the last two, Mikel Estarlosa, Mikel Estarlosa retired after Euskaltel Euskadi shut the door. Mike, what do you say? Yeah, that sounds right. Yep, he came back from an EPO suspension, broke his arm, and retired. And then retired. And yeah, the yeah. last one is a good one, I think. Juan Jose Cobo. Cobo. Oh, my god! He gosh. won the Vuelta. Juan he, Jose Cobo retired. He, I'm pretty sure he retired. Mike, wow, that's weird. It's a name I haven't thought about in such a long time. If he, re if he retired, he just retired, right? So I'm going to say he's racing. He went <laughs> what? He retired, he just retired, so I well, think he's racing. I don't know. So he what? was in Movistar. Yeah, he I remember. wore really high socks. His helmet was always like a yarmulke. <laughs> yeah. He is racing in Turkey for the team Torku Sakur. Oh, Sakur. Sakur or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the team that guy, remember, won the Tour of Turkey, and then, like, within three days, all the positives yes. came back. Yeah. So he's one of two Spanish riders, and that's what he's doing after winning a Grand Tour. Wow. So I think winning a Vuelta, if you ask Chris Horner or Juan Jose Cobo, is potentially harmful. No, not harmful. It's actually your, your direct ticket to an awesome career in, in a Turkey? super shitty team. I don't know. It, I think uh. it's kind of like, uh, it's like this uh, cycling, uh, what is it called? Inquisition. Oh. No, the thing, um, what is it that you can hurt Superman with? Kryptonite. Yeah, it's like cycling kryptonite, winning well, the Vuelta. Luis Herrera won the Vuelta in 1987, and then he... And not right now, he's retired. And he's retired. <laughs> he's retired in 92. <laughs> he's also like 54, but I mean... Yeah, hey. exactly. L winning the Vuelta directly will, leads to your retiring. Will lead to eventual retirement. So that's my yeah, game. Yeah, Bahamontes won the Vuelta in like 65 and 67. And where is he now? Freddie no. Martins exactly won dead. like 17 stages in the Vuelta that he won. And he now works at the front desk of the uh, Tour of Flanders Museum. Which is actually very true. So hmm. if you win the Vuelta, you might get a desk job in Belgium. Okay, now listen. There is... A lot of races because we've taken – we need to start doing this podcast more often, guys. We really do because we have like obviously Pyrenees and Terreno Adriatico. We have the Tour of Lankawi, Courne Brusos Courne, uh, Strade Bianchi, the Strade Bianchi for Women, the Omlop, Hebnios Blood. We have Catalonia. So I'm going to go through these fairly quickly and make comments on what I believe. Please feel free to jump in, especially you, Mike. Well, Just I mean, don't go like Klaus... deep into how it finished. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Okay, so obviously, let's talk about Pyrenees first. Or do you guys want to go uh, and see and, and talk about like Kurne Brujos Kurne and Strade Bianchi and the Omlop? Wait, we've play. done those. Yeah, what are you talking Did about? We? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we only need to talk about three races. Oh, okay. Well, let's do Pyrenees first then. Jesus, am I really that drunk? I mean, forgetful. Uh, also, obviously, Eurosport thinks that Paris is better than Tirreno Adriatico. Can we agree on this? Because they sent, like, Rob Hatch and Sean Kelly, and they actually sent them to Paris. 
I know there's a shorter drive from England to to France than it would be to Italy. Wait, wait, wait. Do you think they have Sean Kelly drive and, like, get on the ferry? Or whatever. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Dude, if I'm Sean Kelly and they put me in a car in the goddamn ferry in Dover, I would just kill myself. I don't Do you know how many times Sean Kelly's probably taken that stupid ferry? I don't think he would care. But anyway, whichever way. Rob Hatch, Sean Kelly, my dream team commentators, are in Paris. Meanwhile, Teron Adriatico is given to like some two random dudes that are like like commentating from the studio. So I think that Paris, I mean Eurosport thinks that Paris is more important than Teron Adriatico, but whichever way, whatever. And I've said this before, Paris has the good years and bad years. Yes, this is very true. And this and year the bad was year bad. Is Time trials and less climbing and, like, the queen stage being just not very queen-like at all. Yeah, exactly. It's the like que- a queen cover band. Yeah, the queen <laughs> The queen stage was just a slut. It was yeah, not very queen-like. And this year was exemplary of that. Yeah, it was a really weak race. And now, l- l- let me, let me uh, ask you about this. Now, Rigoberto Uran is going to the Giro. Yeah. And Ethics Quickstep is his team, right? Now, usually, Uran, whoever is going to go to the Giro as the leader, brings his team, you know, it's the same team constantly in the, in the, in the races leading up to. So listen to the team that Ethics brought to Terreno Adriatico. All right. So oh, boy. Obviously, Uran, Brambilla, and Vermont, Julian Vermont, right? Those are the only three guys that finish the race. Other than that, Mark Renshaw, Fabio Sabatini, Stibar, Nikki Terpstra, and Mark Cavendish. None of which could do shit for Rigoberto Turan, who finished third, by the way, in Terreno Adriatico. Meanwhile, to Paris, they sent Michael Kiatowski, Tom Bonin, Maxim Bouet, Mikhail Golash, Tony Martin, Stein Bindenberg, who's a machine... So, and Tom Bonin, it seems to me like they're sending the wrong team with Uran if they want him in the, in the Giro. Now, Paris-Nice to, okay, let's look at Saxo or think of Saxo versus Ethics Quickstep, right? Because Saxo, think of Saxo has Contador but then also has Sagan. So they got to take care of two people. Ethics will have Uran and Cavendish, two people to think about, you know. Contador has Basso, Daniele Benati, Bodnar, uh, Christopher Yule Jansen, Roman Kreuziger, Sagan, and Tosato. That's pretty good backup, while Uran, again, has Brambilla. Maybe, maybe Sabatini. What the hell is Ethics doing? Let's just say it. Cavendish is GC kryptonite. <laughs> I like that you had to ask what hurts Superman about five minutes ago, and now you're just dropping the term like you've known it all along. Because in post, you'll fix that where I ask. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, how about that prologue uh, crash, the motorcycle crashing against the barriers? Did you guys catch that? Beautiful. I was hoping that Klaus would make uh, an animated GIF out of that and just start circulating it. I should have. Actually, yeah. Um, I meant to make an animated GIF of the crash today at Dwarves. uh, Don't tell me what happened because I haven't seen it. Was there footage of that? I only saw the aftermath. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. was. Oh my god. Okay, don't of, say like to... from the camp from the motorcycle. Yes. Okay, don't tell me anything. Okay, let me let me go it over. Flies my... off a cliff. No, let me. <laughs> like the, the cliffs. Like the driving. Like like the driving cat from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, Tunes's. Tunes's. He was so driving much. the motorcycle. <laughs> Talk about an obscure reference. Okay, here's my observations of Paris. Number one, awesome motorcycle crash during uh, the the first stage, uh, Bradley Wiggins. Number two, I think Thomas Volkler is faking all that tongue BS just for TV. He's milking it of for all course. that worse. Number three, I really hope that this is not Bonin's like final race. I really hope that he comes back from this. 
Just when he started to look dreamy again with the beard, he leaves us. Number three, I refuse to call Matthews Bling because that's a stupid nickname. Number whatever. He doesn't wear an eyebrow ring anymore. Give him that. Yeah, whatever name I was in. Tony Gallopon did a great job in this race. And here is the most important thing that I learned from Paris. I think there's a possibility. I'm not sure, but I think there's a possibility that I hate Richie Port. I don't know. Uh, I never thought that uh, I did. I really never thought that I did. But wait, I found wait, myself wait. pulling Mike, for Galopan on that last in trial. Reaction. <laughs> What's that? Because uh, you're not the only. I mean, uh, you're not the only one who hates Richie Port. I, 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 maybe not. I, I never personally, I never knew. I never thought that I did. And then all of a sudden, I'm watching a time trial, which is unbelievable because I'm actually watching it, and I'm pulling for Tony Gallopan to win. Of course, he yeah. didn't even come close. But I'm rooting against Richie Port, That's and I'm thinking to myself... Goes, though. You always root for the underdog. No, but no, no, Richie but he wasn't Port. even an underdog thing. He was like, OMG, I think I really dislike Richie Port. But I had oh. never thought about it before. I talked to my therapist about it, and he, said, he, he says it's very healthy that I'm thinking about these things. By your, your therapist, you mean your said, dog? <laughs> your therapist said, number yes, one, my dog bought don't, us. don't say OMG. And then he said, of course you hate Richie Port. He has the personality of a fucking parking meter. Whoa, Klaus dropped an F-bomb. I think that's When a it first. comes to Richie Port. <laughs> wow. Well, I don't know. Anything else you guys have to say about any of my other points? Volkler, Bonin? No, the Volkler uh, thing is dead on. Matthews, I really Total. hope not. I, I really, truly love it. And it is really sad that in the last, basically since the podcast, podcast started, maybe a couple of years before, Fabian Cancellar and Tom Bonin have been so unbelievable, you know, and it, that's that reign is coming to an end. You know, I mean, seeing Cancellara sprint is a little sad, and, and, and Bonin... Did I hear Bonin say that he would he was looking forward to coming back for the world championship? Was that the entire season he was basically saying? That he well, he has, like, pretty bad ligament damage. It's not really so a looking for, He's looking forward to the 2024 Olympics. <laughs> if you remember... In the, I think it's Chris Rock's first HBO special, Bring the Pain or whatever, where he talks about being the old guy at the club. Yeah, like, yeah. You're not too old, but you're too old to be at the club, right? <laughs> That's me. Fabian Cancellara sprinting at Milan San Remo. Yeah. Mm. Clearly, you're good. You're and right. Did you there. see? He got, and Oleg Tinkoff called him out for that. He and he's called him a sly old fox on Twitter. And yeah, he replied, yeah, it's interesting. I am not. I am not a sly old fox. I am Spartacus. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know if ridiculous. Oleg, Oleg Dinkov, let's talk about sly old foxes. Uh, old and fox, yeah, sly, I don't know. But no, um, Oleg Dinkov needs to shut the hell up because his little prodigy boy didn't come close either, so. Do you think Oleg Dinkov, like, kind of color treats his hair? He's not that blonde, really. I think he kind of gets highlights or something. He's imagine, like a member. Imagine living. Kind of imagine living in a world where millions of dollars are like an everyday thing. Of course, he colors his hair. That's yeah. true. I think I would get some sweet frosted tips if I were him. Speaking of Sagan, the um, the Sagan kit is is like an abomination. The mismatch. Oh yeah, yeah. it's very weird. It's was so weird. You know what it looks like. Hey dude, you want? Hey dude, you want to go for a ride? Oh man, I went yesterday. Um, okay, fine, I'll go. Shit, these shorts, this bib. Yeah, sure, let's go, dude. <laughs> That's what it looks How like. long until Oleg Tinkoff's head just blows up like that scene from Total Recall? No, like that scene from uh, Scanners. Kaboom. Well, yeah. so well, what I like about the one in Total Recall is that steam comes out of the ears first. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I think it, it's going to happen really soon. Well, so, okay, so that moves us beautifully into Terreno Adriatico, where uh, – actually, no, that's not Terreno Adriatico. I was, gonna, I was thinking about Milan San Remo. Anyway, Terreno Adriatico, they changed the team time trial to a time trial. So basically, they made a short nap into a long nap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you got it, Mike. Hey, at least the Perry Nice time trial was super short. 
Yeah. Yes. Two two and a half K or something. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it was three blocks. It was just around the block. <laughs> the guys yeah. were going out in fifteen Here. second intervals. Okay, yeah. here's another thing about Terreno that I noticed. Okay, so Lotto Sudao are so old school with their old school bikes and their old school kits, yet they still wear baseball hats. Mm. Boom. Yeah. Also, Declan Quigley, Declan Quigley, and Eurosport <laughs> said that I can't remember which team, I think it was Sky, are wearing dark black. <laughs> no. I swear to God, I made a note of it. It's stage three. <laughs> They're wearing dark black. And what's the striped color on the upper, on the back part of the jersey? Less? Less, like yeah. Medium regular, black? That's La- regular black. Oh, regular yeah. black. Regular black. And then there's light black. A lot of people call it gray, <laughs> but he calls it light black. Wow. Um, okay. Movistar doesn't have national champion sleeves on their kits. Really? They do not. Interesting, huh? Also. They have in the past, though. I know they have. Yeah, yeah, They don't anymore. Okay. I'm sure I'm going to get a thousand emails with, like, screen grabs of them. But uh, (laughs) Team Columbia, what helmets do they wear? Am I really out of it? Or... They used to wear Saliche. Saliche, I know. And now they wear that vaguely Asian-sounding company. No, I, I... I looked and it says Force. Is that the type of helmet? Is that the model or is that the I brand? I think so. I think it's um, what is it? It's like an Asian sounding company. Mike, wh- what are they? Oh, is it Saliche? Huh? Is it still Saliche? No, I just made that. Saliche made made from sport. That's that sounds Asian. Like you don't know how to speak English. Oh, you know, I'm looking at them. They do say force. I yes. guess that's a company, huh? Okay. Well, there you go. Another observation from Tirreno Adriatico. Yeah, they are. It, that's a, a company. It's force. Okay. Well, never heard of them. I'm really out of it. But anyway, another observation from Tirreno Adriatico. Whether or not there should be podium girls or not, we could argue that until the chickens come home. Is that even a saying? I don't know. No, we don't have to. No, no, no. I know we don't have to, but the chickens coming home. Is that a thing or no? The chickens come home to roost, but that's something else. It's the cows come home. Until the cows come home? Yeah, you're We can home. argue that until the chickens come home. But <laughs> to roost, the cows. If you're going to have podium girls, I think it's a great idea if they're both the same height. Oh, so that good when observation. They, in Terreno Adriatico, one of them was like 5'4", and then the other one was like 6'2", and it just looked ridiculous. One of them was like bending over, and the other one was like in their tippy toes to kiss the dirty. They looked dumb as hell. If you're going to go through the trouble of getting podium girls, just get them the same height, please. Pipo Pozzato looked like he was alive. Actually, I, I thought Pozzato was going to be in your game. Has he retired or not, Klaus? But mm, that's true. <laughs> he looked alive for about 25 seconds on stage four of Torreno Adriatico. And then he fell asleep again. Finally, the African lamprey dude, that uh, Ethiopian dude, the national champion... Wait, what's his name? I have it here. Tsugabu Grmai. You know what he looks like? Did you see him in Terreno? He has the helmet with the crazy Ethiopian flag on it. Yes. He reminds me of the 316 guy the, with the rainbow wig and stuff. That's from your days, Mike, right? You remember That's that? That's right. What was that dude? It was like, I don't know, the, 360, the John 316 He used guy. to sit at like tennis matches and hold up a sign. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With the with the ra- that's what it reminds me of. And he's also a, a a member of the Benjamin Button Club. He's 23, but he looks like he's 65. So it's not just Colombians. Nope. It is not just Colombians. So um and then like yeah, what I said that old. everybody except for three people from Ethics Quick Step finished uh, retired before the final tt and i find that to be disrespectful to rigoberto Uran. am i crazy no no okay i don't know what ethics who they think is their gc guy if not yeah. Uran. it's bad it's bad and maybe i'm hypersensitive because i'm colombian but christ almighty by the way i have a feeling that something could happen to rigoberto Uran, and mm-hmm. there are worse fates in this world 
But I think what if his career ends up being like a weird Valverde career? No, don't say that. You don't wish In that. You don't wish sense. that upon your worst enemy. Alejandro like, Valverde truly has one of the worst careers ever. He is always second, always third, has a suspension for doping, I mean, balding prematurely. That, like his, his life sucks. I mean, just forget like the hair loss and the doping. I'm just saying like in a sporting sense, in the places he's had. Rigoberto Duran has already accomplished a lot more, will accomplish more in Grand Tours than I think he ever will, Valverde. But he also has that ability to kind of have a little bit of a sprint. He can go for other types of finishes. But it would be heartbreaking if he ends up in that kind of no man's land. I can tell you this. His main is solid, which puts him on a completely different category than Alejandro Valverde with his thinning hair. Which he refuses to go. But I'm talking about in the sporting sense. I think they're one and the same, Klaus. God damn it. Yeah, I hope I hope not. You but, know what uh, I mean? Like, like second places in like world championships and like. No, no, no. I know, I know exactly what you mean. I think Alejandro Valverde he has a very frustrating career. If you look at all Alejandro Valverde is like slippery Pete, the uh, electrician in that Seinfeld episode. He's the best and the worst. I think that if you look at how many top tens Alejandro Valverde has had in races, it it must be. I haven't done it, but I'm sure it's. Like, Slippery Pete. Yep. Okay, we have 10 minutes to go, guys. Anything else to say about Terreno Adriatico? I like the I, snow. Awesome. I like the nice, snow, and I don't nice know touch. how's Quintana going to get that thing back home. The Trident. Oh, uh, the Trident. You can't check that. You have to put that in a bike box or something. Yeah, you probably do have to put it in a bike Sir, box. Sir, why do you have a gigantic pointy weapon? Uh, is this a... No weapon. I'm the Seamaster. No weapon. <laughs> I am Seamaster. I, I am Aquaman. Wait, I thought you were Super Nairo. No, I am Aquaman. I don't know if you guys heard. I posted the the audio of the um, press conference the day that he won that stage. No. In the snow. Uh, Matt Rendell sent it to me. And the the guy, some guy asks him, like, this is like a miracle that you won this stage. Like, do you believe in miracles? Really? <laughs> That was bizarre. Like, how, how is that a miracle? Endurance athlete, that. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, uh, was that not me out there in the snow? It was super hard. I don't know if you noticed. It felt really hard. But yeah, it was a miracle. Um, okay, Terreno Adriatico, we can wrap it up by saying Nairo Quintana won it. Bauke Molema was second. Rigoberto Uran was third. Thibaut Pino, an amazing race, was fourth. And Alberto Contador was fifth. Paris was won by Richie Port. Uh, Michael Kwiatkowski was second, Simon Spilak was third, amazing race, Rui Costa fourth, and Garen Thomas was fifth. Uh, the Tour of Lankawi, Sebastián Henao came in third. Yeah. Good for him. And Francisco Mancebo came in fifth. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's the first one they should have put in. Is, is he retired or not? It's like, Francisco Mancebo, let's say, he's 90, so I think he's retired. Wrong. Wait, what team is he with? Is he still Skydive Dubai or whatever? Yes, yeah, Skydive Dubai. Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. So the only other race to talk about is Catalonia, but I only saw one stage. So I can tell you about a funny story. In Milan San Remo. Yeah, what about MSR? Oh, shoot. That's right. Milano San Remo. Okay. Hold on. Before we go to Milan San Remo, Catalonia was funny. I mean, this one thing I knew before the race started, Jesus Hernandez, uh, Jesus Hernandez, our favorite uh, friend of the podcast, uh, tweeted that he had a Spain sticker, like a Spanish flag sticker on his bag. And the baggage dude, when he landed in Catalonia, ripped it off. No. Yeah. And his tweet was like, whether or not you like it, Catalonia, I am Spaniard 100%. In Catalonia? Not even in the Basque country? Not even Basque That's country. Weird. Catalonia. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, he tweeted. He tweeted it. That's like, I guess, if you fl if you have, like, an American flag on your bag or something, and you fly to Texas and somebody rips it off, it's like, this is Texas. I mean, it's clearly it's not that bad. I just, Catalonia is not that Separate. I know. In his tweet, he actually put the emoticon of, like, like the emoji of, like, the, the Spanish flag, like, ten times. <laughs> it's like, whether or not you like it, I am Spaniard. Weird. Crazy. Yeah, that's unusual. 
And the other thing, too, that I say is uh, Paterski from CCC Polsat or whatever the name of the team is now. Wears a lot of orange? Yeah, he wears a lot of orange. And and they won, you know, the first stage in Catalonia. And I'm thinking, here I was saying all kinds of nasty things about that team. Like, oh, how can they invite it to the Giro? What have they done? And Colombia, what have they done? CCC has already won a stage in a race. So maybe Reese being suspended for lack of results or whatever. Maybe Corti can be like, maybe he can use some incentive. I, I mean, like know. losing the team because you're not winning enough is not enough incentive. So, Team Colombia will, if they exist next year, it would just be so that Betancourt has somewhere to land if he oh. keeps going at this rate. But Honestly, if he lands, if he lands there, he breaks it. Oh, oh we need the poo. <laughs> uh, listen to this, courtesy of Boris. Maciej Paterski. Maciej Paterski. Maciej Paterski. There you go. He won a stage in the Tour of Catalonia. So, hey, Klaus, I'm going to go to the restroom. Why don't you take over talking about Paris? You and Mike talk about it while I go to the no, restroom. No, Milan San Remo. Milan San I, mean, Remo. I mean, Milan San Remo. Sorry, dude. I'm on my third beer. Mike. Yes. Wasn't the new finish at Milan San Remo completely different from last year's now that it's finishing on this other road? <laughs> People get no. talking about it like it was a gigantic no, right? deal. No, it'll be different next year when they change the they change the the climb. Are they changing it again to a different street? I think they're changing the climb um, uh, order. Oh, okay. Well, what did you think of Milan? I thought it was. I, I thought it was great. I mean, terrible. Here's hope. my winner of that. I mean, I know Dagenkolb won, but but yeah. Luca Paolini won that race. Of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, that was nuts, right? Mother of God, how did he make it up and then down, still with the lead group? And only pulled out like two hundred, three hundred meters to go, and he was just like, oh. he went like zero miles an hour, like his legs locked up, and he was done. But he pulled so goddamn hard for so long. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, think, I didn't like, think he was going to even last that long. It, you know, like in boxing, they have technical knockouts, or you can win by points or whatever. If they were like, we don't have a sure winner, there was no knockout, it would go to him. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm making so many good points, you're yawning. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, that was, it was awesome. Uh, okay, I'm very back. good race. So, and there's my brother. Who won? Luca Paulini should have. Luca Paulini won, that's what we were talking about. Oh, yeah, he had a beard. Hardest working man in show. You sound dismissive of his beard. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I, you know who's actually the hardest working man in show business, though, honestly, is... James Brown. No, Vandenberg, dude. That dude is... No, 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 no. Luca Bellini and Milan San Remo. No, and he by was... the way, he should get a huge check from the ASOS people. Why? Because he wears those, like, glasses that I oh, hadn't seen yeah. since the Groove is in the Heart Groove is in the Heart. Those things are crazy, and he, he wears them. them, and he was on for so long. At the like right there on screen. You don't know how much they pay him. Maybe they do pay. The him other thing his, is, didn't he not have a beard like last week? That's how manly he is. He can is grow it so manly he can grow it at will. Yeah, he just sits <laughs> in the shower and goes, <laughs> and I hair just during the race pops out. Dude, <laughs> in in Italy, when you buy brawny um, paper towels, he's on there. <laughs> he is the brawny man yeah. in, in Italy. Like he's wearing a red flannel and he has an axe. Is a red and flannel with a tattoo on it? Yeah. Um, I will tell you this about Paris. When they continue to talk about like, oh, is the classic for the sprinters? The more they say the We're classic for the sprinters. I mean, fuck. I meant I meant Milan San Remo. The more they talk about Milan San Remo as, oh, this is the classic for the sprinters, the more I'm like, oh, I'm just not going to wake up. I'll just keep <laughs> sleeping through that because I just don't care. You know, I, I I Instagrammed a photo. You should follow me on Instagram, by the way, the Skull Crusher, of my dog. Like, it was like 50K to go or something, and he's sitting in front of the TV just totally looking the other way. It was so boring, dude. Milan, I mean... It's so long. Milan San Remo is just... Long start. Start watching in the Chupressa. Yeah, and exactly. Fine. Yeah, no, no. It, it, that that's exactly what I should start doing, man. It, yeah. Because on top of that, it's long. And by the way, while uh, 
the old fox was kind of sprinting. I the noticed once again, fox. he totally is giving himself weird frosted tips, like yeah. yellowish orange hair. Yeah. Really? Like he did back in the Mape days. Absolutely. So, so he's having like, a midlife horrible. crisis at age 36 or whatever? No one that age should be dyeing their hair. Certainly not blonde. Maybe you just use use for men to hide the gray, but good lord. It's embarrassing for all of us. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, wow. I still like him. I still love him. I still, I mean, I, I, I honestly think that one of my favorite cycling related memories. Uh, Is when he went by Luigi? No. Oh. <laughs> no, it's when we saw him win in Paris-Roubaix when we were there. That that was pretty awesome. In 2010. That was truly like, I mean, seeing him in going into the uh, velodrome alone and stuff, he was just really, really impactful. And I've always liked him quite a bit. And this is before, like, he became like a Twitter celebrity and people started kind of making fun of him because of his English and all this stuff. I, I just respect the crap out of Fabian Cancellara. And he, I know that in a lot of ways he's a caricature, but honestly, in cycling, who isn't? By the way, do you remember, so Mike, my brother and I went into the velodrome, we're watching on the screen, because, you know, there's nothing going on in the velodrome, and at that moment I realized the person standing right in front of us is George Hincapie's brother. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. And of course, by then he knew, he probably knew all along that George would never win that race, but how excited he was to see Ken Chalara, I was like... Man, if I was a professional, my brother was watching me, I would hope he would at least be like, ah, all right, well, yeah, well, this wasn't the day. Like, don't cheer. Yeah, Cancellara wasn't even the same team as George or anything. Yeah, that was a wonderful – I really, what truly uh, – what's 2010? that? 2010? Yeah. 2010. Yeah, I or think it was 2010. Yeah, or maybe even 2009, maybe even. Can't no, remember. I don't know. I think it was – I don't Something, remember, yeah. but it truly, I mean, that whole weekend for me is like just so many amazing memories, not only riding the Paris-Roubaix route the day before, but this is before there was the Sportif or whatever, it's just people riding it. And then that day, just just watching the race go by in so many different places and it just, I mean, having your bike in Arenberg, in the forest of Arenberg and Carrefour and and is just and then riding your bike in the velodrome and then the next day you see Fabian Cancellara just stomp everybody it was it was just Jesus I I just magical I think and the best thing was he didn't have highlights in his hair I yeah I think that was the best part you're absolutely right that was probably the best part he was the Swiss champion at the time he was very yeah. excited. He was much excite, much excite. Okay, dudes, guys, is there anything else you want to say? I'm sure we've skipped over all kinds of things, and I'm sure you guys wanted to say a thousand other things, but I have to go because I got to go get some dinner. Let's just say Dwar's door of Landerin so we don't have to talk about it next week because it was a bummer. Okay, let's just you guys say watch that. It? No, yeah, I didn't. I haven't way, watched it. I just downloaded it. I wanted my money back from my pirate feed that I didn't pay for. I, yabba, I, yabba, yabba, yabba. I don't want to hear anything about it. I want to say that the women's Strade Bianchi was won by Megan Guarnier. That's all I wanted to say. Okay, guys, thank you very much. Let's try to get on a schedule again. Is Adrian Guarnier's sister, the guy from Entourage? No, dude. Probably not. Listen, guys, we got to get on a schedule again. Okay? Because we got to start doing this more often because people are clamoring. They're clamoring to, to tell us how wrong we are. No, no, no. Listen, I, I just because I brought that up, believe me, most emails are either like completely ridiculous, like, hey, guys, how's it going? You guys are awesome. Love the podcast. Blah. Or, oh, awesome to hear you guys mention blah, blah, blah. By the way, did you know that? Blah, blah, blah. Most of the emails. It's like that, that. Polly Shore sends emails. Polly Shore sends a lot of our emails. Cause I'm the weasel. Oh God! Wait, what happened? Is he retired? <laughs> no, he's still around. I know. He, is. he runs. He's a, a DS for uh, Tinkoff Saxo. 
<laughs> no wonder. No wonder Sagan has only won one race this year. After they got rid of Reese, they had like $82 to go, you know, higher. Well, here's the thing. If we get back on a schedule, we'll have – it will be much more concise. Well, yeah, that's the thing though. There was way too much to talk yeah, about. Yeah. Way too much. So, okay, let's try to get back on that. And remember – Name the cyclist project at speedmetalcycling.com. We did it before BMC did it. We do it better than BMC does it. And I'm going to steal their sound files so I can put it on ours. Oh, Mike, anything you want to plug? Yes, go to gagedesoto.com. Go to the news page. Look at the blog post about the Velo Games Classics League that is going on now that you can. Oh, why didn't you email me, you fool? Just set it up last night. Oh, you did? Okay, so I. Okay. So it hasn't started yet. I mean, it started, but you can still join. Yeah, but I'm not going to. Just join. How many Just points do, do you have Look, already? My team is the entire Lamprey squad and Peter Sagan. That's how seriously I'm taking this. Oh, if you're not taking seriously, then I'm not going to do it. Just do it for fun. I'm going to ask my dog. Maybe he'll do it. Do it by height. Make every rider the same height. <laughs> I'm going to do only, only riders that are below 5'6". <laughs> yeah, do it. Lots of Puerto Lots of Puerto in Arredondos. <laughs> yeah. Um, you also should go to Gage and DeSoto for the show notes. All right. So GageDeSoto.com for the show notes because I still haven't figured out what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> uh, Klaus, anything you want to plug? I want to plug Chris Horner's autograph card. Of course. It's awesome. And also, uh, I want to let you guys in on a little secret. There's a little show called Twin Peaks. I'm just not getting around to watching it. It's pretty good. I'm watching a lot of Downton Abbey myself. But I think Twin Peaks might be next. We're both on the cutting edge of television. So yes, we are. I, I just started watching this show called The Walking Dead. It is unbelievable. It's ridiculous. I'm watching the first season. It's wonderful. I'm telling you. I'm, of course, kidding. The Sopranos. I'm not watching. kidding about Twin Peaks. Go watch it. I am not kidding about Danton Abbey. It is actually worth watching as well. Um, but also go check out AlpsAndes.com because Klaus has the Colombian Breaking Away movie in there. And it's oh, right. amazing. Yeah. And I really, really, really want to figure out a way that we can subtitle this because this movie is so good. So good. The subtitle would be like, like that. Like that. Anyway. I think this is it for us. Klaus and Mike, thank you guys as always. We'll be back before you know it. And speedmetalcycling.com. Uh, we are out of here. Peace. <laughs> Pule, 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 pule,